All right, good morning, good morning, RCC family. Good morning to everyone here with us this morning. And for everyone tuning in, we are so happy that you're joining us this morning. So I only have two announcements for you this morning, so we're just gonna jump right in. And for our very first one, for all of our young adults, this afternoon at 1.30, we're gonna begin a new project where we will be going out to some houses, some people who have been quarantining and secluded in this season, and we're gonna drop some gift baskets, we're gonna leave some signs in their yard, and just kind of bless them with some community and some love. So if you are interested in doing that, if you wanna join us at the table at 1.30, we'll be all leaving from then. And then second, we have another announcement, and it will be that our offices, our church offices, will be closed to January 6th. So if you need anyone from the pastoral staff, you are welcome to reach out to us at needs at River City Smyrna, and then we'll read your message and be able to get back to you at January 6th. And then our last announcement is going to be Kara, and she has some information about our group leaders. Good morning, good morning. Um, okay, so we are starting to plep, prep and plan and prepare for group season coming up starting in February. Um, and so we were wanting to be very intentional with our leaders. Um, and so start next week, which is January 3rd, um, there will be an in-person, just like a quick info. I'm interested in maybe leading a group. I have some questions about what that would look like. Um, I don't know if this could be a group, but maybe anything like that. If you are interested in potentially facilitating a group, um, of any kind, we'd love for you to stay after service um, next week. It'll be about 15 minutes. I also will be hosting a Zoom call, and you'll get a link for that um, on January 5th. If you cannot gather in person, um, we'll be doing a quick January 5th um, info call as well in the evening. We need in-person group leaders. We need Zoom group leaders. We need um, casual group leaders spiritual formational group leaders, we need you all. So now is your opportunity to ask the Lord, ask the people around you. Maybe this is something the Lord is asking of you, a way to get connected and serve our church body um, and, the, and the surrounding community. We'd love to have you. So next week in person after church up here for about 15 minutes, January 5th, Zoom call. There will be a link sent to your email. Um, and we'll do, it'll be the same content. So let me know if you have any questions. If not, you're up. <laughs> if you guys want to stand with us this morning, we're going to read our Psalms and then uh, move into some prayer. So our Psalm is going to come from 147 this morning, starting at verses 12. And it says, Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your border and he fills you with the finest of wheat. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He hurls down his crystals of ice like crumbs. Who can stand before his gold? He sends out his word and melts them. He makes his wind blow and the waters flow. He declares that his word to Jacob, his statues and rule to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know his rules. Praise the Lord. And so God, we just kneel before you. 
master of all creation. God, we can just look outside and be in awe of your majesty, your creativity, and your dominion. And God, this morning, we invite your presence into this space. We invite your presence in our homes, in our hearts, Lord. We pray that you begin to tune down all of the noise and the frequency from this week, the good, the bad, the mix, Lord, and we just focus our eyes on you in this moment. Draw us to be truly present here worshiping this morning. Lord, thank you that you are a God that is going to meet us, that it is your greatest joy and delight to commune with your children and so you were ready to answer this prayer before we even thought to speak it. We love you and we exalt you and we worship you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Please join me for prayers of the people. Pause, friends, in this space between Christmas parties and those of the new year between gift unwrapping and cleaning up, between longing and thanksgiving, between endings and beginnings, between dismay and joy, between sacred and ordinary. Pause and remember whose you are and whose you will always be. Pause and remember in whose name you pray and whose love you seek and hold and give away. Pause and pray that all may see the world with the eyes of wonder of the newborn Christ, with the loving heart of God's act of self-giving. Pause and pray that we may all treat one another with the honor and adoration, Mary and Joseph, shepherds and wise ones, angels, and all the heavenly choir showed to the tiny child. Lord, we pray for you to intervene to stop the spread of the coronavirus, we pray in Jesus' name that the virus would recede and diminish from this day forward, and that the numbers of those infected would decline rapidly. We trust you, Lord, to intervene today with your loving care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are sick, that they may have access to the care and treatment they need. We pray peace and perseverance for them amidst suffering. We pray for those in isolation who are cut off from their normal routines and support systems, that they would seek their strength from you, Lord. We pray encouragement over the thousands in quarantine, waiting to find out if they have the virus or not. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for grieving families who have lost loved ones, even as their hearts are breaking. We pray that they would know your nearness and comfort. We pray that your compassion, Lord, would be felt through the Holy Spirit's ministry and through the ministry of friends and neighbors who come around them. We pray against despair. We pray new mercies every morning. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for pastors serving their churches and communities through this long year. We pray that the Holy Spirit would give these shepherd leaders the right words for the right time and the right actions for the right situations. We pray they would speak your gospel in heart, word, and deed to each person they are called to minister to. We pray that you would renew their minds and hearts for the calls you've placed on their lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for the body of Christ worldwide, that they would rise up to pray and to support the sick 
needy, marginalized, and the forgotten. We pray for your church to be a light on a hill in the neighborhoods, communities, and cities where you have placed them. We pray for an outpouring of love, compassion, and service in your name. Lord, we pray for government officials and decision makers who are leading countries and organizations through crises. We acknowledge you have allowed each one to be in a place of influence during this time. We pray they would mobilize resources quickly and effectively to where they are most urgently needed with whatever situations they're challenged with. We pray for all those working behind the scenes. We pray for good administration and execution of response efforts worldwide. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we're here for those waking up each day to fall out caused by all manner of actions and inaction, that they would reach out to you, Lord. We pray for people to look earnestly for you, because we know their desire to seek you will have come from you, and we know you will meet them. We pray for those whose businesses and livelihoods are ruined by the halt in many sectors of the economy. We pray for those who may lose jobs and salaries. For each one, we pray new beginnings with you walking by their side. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our mission co-workers worldwide today. We pray for wisdom for each ministry team to know how to develop deep relationships and carry out their responsibilities. We pray for protection from any persecution. We pray that ministries would not have to shut down, and that you would see fit that they are carried on through this difficult time for your glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of hope, we thank you for this most sacred day, this gathering of our spirits, this corporate worship that transcends distance, circumstance, and time even. We have celebrated your marvelous advent. You prepared us to hear again the message of the angels, to witness the favor of the Lord and hear of a kingdom with no end, and to go in heart and mind to Bethlehem, to see this thing which will come to pass, has come to pass, is always coming to pass, the babe lying in a manger. After a long and arduous journey, a year of widespread illness, this season of loneliness, these days of great injustice and famine and natural disaster, we ask that you soften our hearts, open our ears, that we might not miss the ever coming of inconspicuous hope, a child whose glorious redemption we cannot imagine. Lord, as we always continue to look east, longing for your arrival anew, help us make this a house of prayer, a sanctuary of peace, a home filled with songs of your praise. And first, because this is all things is first in Jesus' heart, we pray to you for the needs of the whole world and all God's people. For peace upon the earth God came to save, for love and unity within the one church, for goodwill among all peoples. And especially at this time, help us to remember in thought and deed the poor, the cold, the hungry, the oppressed, the sick and those who mourn, the lonely and the unloved, the aged, and the youth. We pray as well for all these who rejoice with us, who sit in awe alongside us, who anticipate the turning of this world, that multitude near and far, which no one can number, whose hope is in the word truly made flesh, and with whom we forever are one. I don't remember if this is my fourth, I think it's my fourth, it's either my fourth or fifth um, time preaching at the, the last Sunday of the year. Um, 
And it's always an interesting Sunday, um, which is probably why a lot of uh, lead pastors don't like preaching. (laughs) Um, But uh, this year feels really different because it's been 2020. And um, it just, like, I just want to be like, guys, we made it, you know? Like, we made it to the end of the year. And when we first felt lockdown um, at the beginning of March, this felt so far away. And I think a lot of us were like, are we actually going to make it, though? (laughs) When two weeks turned to four, and then we're like months, and then you're like, wow, this just like keeps going. This is still a thing that's happening right now. And and here we are on the last Sunday of the year. And so I just want to say, guys, well done to making it to the end of 20. And so it does feel different, and and honestly, as I was even approaching prepping for this Sunday, it felt different. I could feel a different energy um, for this Sunday for me, and interestingly, what I felt was gratitude, which was kind of surprising to me given how hard 2020 has been for all of us in a lot of different ways, Um, but I don't think anybody has not experienced hard in this year, Um, and so I, of course, am one of them, as we all are, and I felt an immense sense of gratitude because I could look back on 2020 and the gifts from the Lord were very clear. Because there was so much darkness and so much hard, the gifts, even if they felt like a smaller amount, were just so much more precious to me, because, and they were much more obvious. And so um, as we head into our last week of the year, Um, I do on the front end want to just encourage you guys to look to the Lord and to say what were the gifts that you revealed in this year Um, because I would really hate for any of us to miss the ways that he did show up and all the ways that he did give us gifts in the midst of the hard Um, so I'm going to pray really quick and then we're going to get going God I thank you that you're in our midst I thank you that whether we are here or we're at home, if we're at somebody else's home, if we've traveled, if we're listening five days from now, a week from now, God, I thank you that you are with us and that your presence is with us. I ask, God, that you would make our hearts sensitive to what your spirit is wanting to speak to us this morning. Would you open our ears to hear the invitations of the Spirit this morning? Allow our thoughts to become focused and intentional in the space that we're sitting in right now. And I pray for my own words that they um, would only communicate words that are from you and any of my own words would fall upon deaf ears. We ask this morning that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Bill, if you could lift up, put up the first image. Um, So for those of you who don't know, um, maybe you've heard of Advent or maybe you celebrated Advent for the first time. Maybe this has been a part of your faith journey all along. But we just finished Advent and we're, you see Christmas, and you notice that Christmas is like not just a day on that calendar. So if you look at the, the church calendar, Christmas is actually a season, and we're only a couple days into celebrating Christmas according to the church calendar. It's, it's 12 days of celebration. 
And so we're only a couple days into Christmas. And so when I was beginning to write out my notes, my first thought was saying, Merry Christmas, because we are actually still in the spirit. There is still an opportunity or an invitation to be celebrating Christmas. And so that is part of where we're going to sit today, because we are still in Christmas. And it's interesting because I think it's easier for us to... um, to sit in the Advent part of it, because that feels more true to our day-to-day lives. And there is an element of Advent that we are currently in as we are waiting for the second coming. And so that is valid and real. But I think it's interesting that for the Christmas season, the only purpose of Christmas is celebration. That's it. It is just celebration. There's nothing to accomplish. There's nothing to really do other than being immensely grateful and celebrating that God sent his son to be born. And that is hard for us, especially in the Western world. To sit in celebration is not a strength of our culture. We, we kind of suck at celebrating. Um, or if we do celebrate it, I think we struggle with knowing how to celebrate it in healthy ways. <laughs> and so... This morning, we're going to try and intentionally place ourselves in the spirit of celebration, yes, to Christmas, but also how do we become a people as a, as a community, as a church that carries and embodies a spirit of celebration? Because what's neat is we are sitting on this side of the Christmas story. There is, um, if you look at from creation to when Jesus shows up, I know there's a lot of different theologies on time and creation, and I'm not going there. I'm just choosing the most conservative number because it makes my point. There's 4,000 years, roughly, between creation and Jesus showing up. 4,000 years. People were prophesying the coming of Jesus for 4,000 years. We think 2020 has been hard, and it has been, but let me tell you, 4,000 years of hard, of waiting and waiting and waiting and putting their trust in their hope, orchestrating their lives and their rhythms, that God was going to be faithful to what he was telling man after man after man after man. A few women in there. Thank you very much. And right before Jesus shows up, there's what's known as the 400 years of silence, because there's not much known about that time. 400 years of silence from God. We can't even begin to fathom that. Thankfully, I count that as a gift. I take great comfort in that. I'm very thankful for that. But we can't even begin to understand that 400 years of silence because we're sitting on this side of the story. Because Jesus has come and died and rose again and because we have scripture to read. Whoops. Because we have scripture to read and we have the spirit dwelling with us. We can't even imagine what it would be like to cling and to surrender the entirety of our lives to a message that we hope to be true from a God who may or may not be talking to us for 400 years. I don't know that I have that faith in me, if I'm being honest. I don't know. I hope I do. <laughs> I remember sitting in my college dorm room as my sophomore year, and I had to decide my major, and that was this whole thing as it is for a lot of us. (laughs) 
And I remember sitting in my room and one of the things that God asked me was, would you still follow me and be in surrender the same way you are right now if I never talk to you again? Now, that wasn't a statement about his character. That would be not, I don't, that wasn't the point. Is that It's in his nature to want to be with me. And I understand that. But am I so committed, am I so devout in my faith to God that even if he gave nothing in return, do I still so trust in his character that I would be still following the path of obedience to him? And it was hard. It was a convicting question. It was one that I did not answer lightly. And I thought and I meditated. And to the best of my knowledge, I decided that he was worthy even if he was quiet. He was worthy, and out of that being worthy, I get to celebrate. There is a reason to celebrate in the waiting. So, we are going to read some of the Christmas story that we've all heard of, but we're going to read right after Jesus was born. So if you'll pull up Luke 2. So we're, going to, we're reading chunks of Scripture today. I don't apologize for it. It's a good book. <laughs> Do you think it's kind of funny? I think I've done this before, but where it's like, sorry, we're going to be reading a lot of scripture. Why do we do that? <laughs> Should be like our best friend. Um, okay. So I'm going to read, and interestingly, I don't know if Bill did this on purpose. Did you include the offering prayer or include Simeon? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're going to read about Simeon a little bit. Luke 2, 22 to 38. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. This is Jesus we're talking about. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for for glory to your people, Israel. And his father and his mother were marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword that will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived in, with her husband seven years from when she was 
a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at the very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak to him, all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So this is what I find really interesting. There's this guy, Simeon, and he's known as being devout in his faith. And he has waited his whole life to lay eyes on salvation, what God had promised to him. And he comes up and he recognizes this baby as Jesus, who is the fulfillment of the prophecies. And when I was thinking about this and I was just thinking about, so 4,000 years, you've been getting prophecies. In those 4,000 years, there's 400 years of what we call 400 years of silence. There's no new prophets or anything like that. A baby comes into the picture who is the fulfillment of those prophecies, and then he just grows up for 30 years. He's not doing anything. It's not, that's what's interesting about a baby, right? The baby comes, and because he's a human, it's not like he's a toddler doing miracles. He's still just a toddler. And then he's still just a fifth grader and a high schooler. And so they're waiting, 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 waiting. Jesus is born. Woohoo! And then 30 more years before anything super cool happens. <laughs> And Simeon, and so Simeon is this person who has been devout in his faith, and he has been waiting for the arrival of this, um, what we now know to be Jesus, right? The arrival of this baby. And he says, I can now go in peace because his whole life he knew God promised me. He said this. And then it was. And so when I began to think about Truth, if I'm being honest, what started my whole process in this prep was my question. So Jesus is born. Now what? For us today, in year 2020, heading into 2021, Jesus is born. We celebrate it every year. Uh, Those of us who um, practice Advent, we go through Advent. We have Christmas Day. So we know that Jesus is born in our faith. Now what? Who cares? Why does that matter to us today? Really? How is that impacting our faith day to day? Why does it matter? And why do people around the world spend 12 days simply sitting in celebration? And then you get to Epiphany, and there are some people who celebrate Epiphany up until Lent. That is like three, two and a half months of just celebration. That Jesus has come and that he is who he says he is. And that is something that I think has been lost on the Western church. The majesty and the miracle that is Jesus being born. And the fact that it does indeed matter to us today. Not just because it's Christmas season, but it will also matter in June and it will also matter in November. There is no end to the invitation of celebrating that Jesus has come. Because in that moment, if I'm one of those prophets who's been proclaiming about this baby coming, the moment that baby is born, I'm like, told all y'all. Told you so. You guys thought I was crazy. Told you so. That's that moment. But also for us, 
It is an invitation to take comfort in that God did what he said he was going to do. It is a reminder for us on this side of this story that God did what he said he was going to do then and he's going to do what he said he was going to do now and he will come back again because he said he would. And he is a man who is worthy of our trust. He is a man and a father and a king and a Lord who is true to his word. And Jesus proves that. The life of Jesus is a constant reminder that God, our Father, is worthy of us trusting him. And that leads us to then saying, yes, that's true, but I still feel like I'm waiting because we are. You're not wrong. We are still waiting. And there are things in the short term that we're waiting for that are good and normal and healthy things. I'm wanting a family. I'm wanting kids. I'm wanting a spouse. I'm wanting a different job. Good. Also, there's an underlying waiting that we are all craving eternity. And that will only come when Jesus comes back. And we can look at the story of Jesus being born and it can be our constant reminder, a pillar, which it is a pillar of our faith, that Jesus is going to come again and he's going to honor his word because that is in the nature of who he is. Will you pull up John 1? All right, John 1 through 18. This is obviously a large chunk of passage, but we got it. And if you've heard this before, I encourage you, I'm actually going to pray this. God, would you put fresh eyes on us? as we read scripture that is familiar to us, and as we hear stories that are familiar to us, would they be made new and fresh? Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all men believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, whom believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory and glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. 
And we've heard, a lot of us have probably heard this text and it's like, we're right, we know Jesus was with God when the world was made and then God sent him and he, was, he is the word made flesh. Cool, cool, cool. But what I think we lose, the, where we begin to lose the, the marvelous wonder of this is when we become desensitized to the idea that, beca- that Jesus came and was human form, showing us how to live in human form through him and with him. And I think we lose a little bit of the majesty of the reality that we are only sons of God and his family because Jesus came. He could not die without coming. The first sacrifice really God made was sending his son Jesus to be born. It was not the cross. The sacrifice initially was Jesus being born as a human. And so we get this amazing opportunity as River City Church, as sons and daughters of Christ, to walk this earth carrying in us, bearing that image of Jesus and bringing light into the darkness. We get to carry with us in the waiting of his second coming, the knowing and the belief and the confidence that Jesus is who he says he is. And we can testify to that goodness because we have seen his glory. It is an ongoing, ever-present, never-ending invitation to us. And so this Christmas season, I just kept hearing the question, how are we to become a people of celebration in the waiting? How are we to be a body and a community that does not limit our celebration to December 25th because that's the day that we picked to be Jesus' day of celebration? But how do we carry that in and out of season of our faith journeys? Will you put that up, Phil? And so these were a couple of things <clears throat> that I felt impressed on our heart, my heart, for our community. We walk in our sonship and our daughtership. We become a people of celebration when we know who Jesus is and thus we know who Jesus has made us and called us to be. Walking in the fullness of our gifts and our callings is a way to constantly walk out the story and the miracle of Jesus' birth. Jesus' birth changed everything. We cannot begin to imagine what it would have felt like if the prophets of the Old Testament could have physically borne witness earthside to the birth of Jesus. I cannot imagine how much joy they would have been overcome with. I'm guessing it would have been like the wise men falling to their face and worshiping at the mere sight of him.
We have the opportunity to embody that now because we have bore witness to his glory. We testify uh, to his goodness in the waiting, in the not yet, in our advent that we're sitting in right now all the time, the waiting on the arrival of Jesus coming again, waiting on that thing that we hope for to be true. <coughs> Can you hand me a water bottle, Jonathan? We testify to his goodness. We testify to the ways that he has already shown up. 2020 felt <clears throat> abnormally hard for a lot of us. When I was reading the Old Testament, I felt more closely um, portrayed with the people of the Old Testament because they were waiting and longing. Where are you? When are you coming? This promise that you keep making through your prophets. I thought about those 400 years of silence and the questions that they would have been asking. Are you coming? What are you doing? Where are you? Do you have anything to say about this? I've asked those questions this year. And so when I was reading the Old Testament, and I was reading the Israelites, I felt more closely connected to them. But also, it meant the celebration of Jesus coming felt more true to me. It moved me to gratitude. It moved me to joy and celebration. So we testify of his goodness in every way that he has already shown up. Jesus came in the middle of the night, but he came to be light in the darkness. Isaiah, I mean, that's prophesied all over, but Isaiah 9. But that is now in us. And so when we are in darkness or when we see darkness, we get to prophesy and we get to bring the light into that darkness. Everywhere we go, there is a constant invitation for us to be the light. And when we choose to step in the fullness of that, we are walking in a celebration of Jesus' birth. We worship corporately. When we sing, we are echoing the songs of the angels when they appeared to the shepherds. And we are also joining in with eternity because they are up there singing right now. It is a meeting of time every time we gather together to worship. It is bringing the past and the angels' celebration and we are prophesying into the future and we are connecting in the present to what is happening in heaven right now. It matters. It changes things. It shifts atmospheres. Because worship is not about you and your experience. Worship is the exalting and the glorifying and the magnifying the name of Jesus because he came and because he's coming again so he is worthy of my voice and my body praising him in the waiting, in the not yet. <clears throat> Number five, we observe his glory, as it says in John 1. 
If we observe his glory, that means we're in proximity to him to observe his glory and to be looking for his glory. But Jesus is the promise that we will observe his glory. That is another way that we enter into the celebration of Jesus coming. We do as he did. He came to offer peace, and so we offer peace. We want to be a people. We want to become a people of celebration. We offer peace because that is what he's offered to us, and that's what he came to offer the world, a peace. So we embody that. River City Church embodies that. We be with him as he is with us, Emmanuel. All of this hinges, ironically, on the last one. Be with him as he is with us. That's why he came. He came to be with us. And so if we want to embody the Christmas season, not just in Christmas, but in our faith journeys, in and out of Christmas season, we sit with him and we be with him as he is with us. That is why he came. That is why he made the sacrifice, was to come and be with us. And so I just think about what has been 2020 and this great desire, hope, that 2021 will feel different or be different. My father. (laughs) And maybe it will be. I don't know. I haven't lived it yet. But if it gets darker, or if it stays the same, may we be a people celebrating what he has already done and prophesy into the future for what he is going to do. May we choose to worship. May we choose to look darkness in the face and say, we will be the light because he is in us. May we look at the darkness and say, the darkness has to flee because we are in the light and the light is in us and we will bear that light everywhere that we go. And we can look at chaos and we can say, may there be peace because the peace of Jesus is in me. And so would it be great if 2021 is so much better? Of course. Is it wrong for us to hope and pray that? No. But what our actual hope in is rooted in is not if 2021 is better than 2020. That's like a, oh, we hope that's true. Or like, oh, we hoped it would be snowing on Christmas. But our hope, our anchoring hope, the thing that we choose to tether ourselves to, the truth of the fact that we get to celebrate regardless of how 2021 goes or 2025 or whatever year you want to attach to that is the fact that Jesus came. And because he's came, he is with us. And because he is with us and he tells us that he is still on the throne and that he's coming back, we say it doesn't matter what year it is. 
It doesn't matter what has been or what is going to be because what is is Jesus. And so we sit in that. And so we get to then be the light of the world. To Smyrna, to Cobb County, to DeKalb County, wherever you live. And before I pray and close this out, I just want to read, during our Advent study, every day was a, was a reminder of why Jesus came. And I want to read that over you guys as a reminder that this is why Jesus came. And this is our offering today as much as it was then. And it will be in 2021 and 2025. 2045. So, Jesus came to bring light to darkness, to do what Adam could not do, to bless the nations, to fulfill the law, to be our high priest, to teach us how to walk in God's ways, to seek and save the lost, to reign as king forever, to defeat the enemy, to show us perfect love, to heal our wounds, to be the Lamb of God, to be the first fruits of the resurrection, to make all things new, to be God with us, to bring mercy, to exalt the humble, to offer his peace. He's so good. He's so good and he's so kind. And so as Becca plays for the next couple of minutes, may we sit in this room and my prayer would be that you guys would ask Jesus, what were the gifts of this year and how did he show up? That we would be reminded of his goodness and his gifts. having a hard time, having a grateful heart, ask him to have a heart of gratitude, that you would see his glory and become overwhelmed, that we would fall on our face and worship him, because he's so worthy and he's so good. Amen. Thank you, Kara. Um, we kind of feel like maybe next week we should have some testimonies. Uh, we'll figure out how to do that, but I really feel like a follow-up to that is letting the body respond. One of the things I want to do before we send everybody today is um, one of the things I'm really thankful for, and I've said it multiple times, is the young adults that God has blessed our church with. That in COVID, And just for everybody to know this, every, there's, there's times you highlight things you're thankful for, which doesn't mean other things you're not thankful for that. In other age brackets, you're not th- I'm thankful for all of it. But I I felt specifically like I was supposed to to mention to you guys that God is using you in different ways and he's going to use you in much stronger ways in the next years. And just your availability and your presence, he's going to start doing things with that that you couldn't do on your own. And so we've sensed that for maybe four or five months, but I want to bless you to know that it's not a mistake. Like the things you're experiencing from him, most of our adults are over here, so we'll stay over here. It's not a mistake. Um, young adult hearts over here. There's more young adult hearts over here. 
He's going to continue it. So don't even allow yourself to question, was that God? It was. And, and just for the church to know, I want to ask everyone to pray for them today. If anybody's going around, who in here is going around to houses to bless houses today? Will you do me a favor? And this, you're going to be on live TV in front of like fives of tens of people in a minute. So forgive me for doing this to you. But would you guys mind just coming and spreading around here, maybe distance? We're just going to pray over you. If you've only been at the church for a couple weeks, you don't have to do this. But if you have been over here, just, just come spread out. We're just going to pray over you. A special prayer so that the camera can get a picture of your beautiful faces. Here's what I want our body to pray. So this, this group makes me want to weep because they've just been pursuing. Y'all get closer in because you guys aren't seen. If you want to stay back there, that's fine. But if you want to be seen up front and center, come in. Look at Bill. Bill's going to help you see where... So I want us to pray for them because they're about to visit houses and shine love upon people and give them gifts they've prayed over, give them things they've created. They got together twice to do this early in the morning on Monday last week to go and bless people. And so I'm going to pray and you're going to pray. So reach your hands towards them. If you're watching this later, you can still pray it. Jesus, each one of these beautifully crafted, created in your image beings that stand here in front of us, are a gift. I actually feel like he wants you to know that that's how he wants you to see yourself. You're a gift. Your gift to him, your gift to our body. But as you go today and as you bless people and as it's awkward and as you're bumping into people and knocking on a door and leaving a gift and maybe praying for someone that there would be so many God opportunities that we've never seen before. That you wouldn't feel like you have to be more than you are that you would let Jesus be who he is and his spirit guide you. This is about humility and love not about impression. So I pray, Jesus, that you would give peace in each heart and that you would let them see the significance is so far beyond just the simple act. And that each person that's visited would feel the love of the body here in Smyrna and that you would go before them and that you would bring hope back. Let this be a spark for the year. And I thank you for what you're doing in our young adults. You're moving. I pray for more in Jesus' name. Thank you, guys. Y'all can be seated or you can stand up here. River City folks, we love you. Next time you hear me or anyone will be in the year 2021. Hallelujah. Love you guys. God bless you. We will see you soon. for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.